You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember... This is a deal that cannot be cloned. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. Well, it's summertime here in Canada where I'm recording, and you know, in summertime, we're always told to go outside and explore our national parks. But, you know, for all disabled people, exploring our national parks is just not accessible. Well, I want to tell you about a really cool event that's looking to change that. My friends at the Engineering Health Lab at the Kite Research Institute University Health Network are hosting a virtual conference on national park accessibility in Canada. This free event will take place from August 23rd through August 25th, 2022. The goals of this completely free event are What does national park accessibility look like to me and why is park accessibility important? What are the major barriers that impact national park accessibility for people with disabilities? And what are innovative solutions to improve park accessibility for people with disabilities? You know, I think this is such a great initiative and something you don't want to miss out on because we really need to be considering accessibility everywhere, even throughout our national parks in Canada. So to register for this free event, please head to www.parksaccessibilityconference.ca today. We call it flicking the bean, choking the chicken, giving yourself a hand, auditioning finger puppets. There's a million and one names for the old five-finger shuffle, and yet hundreds of millions of people are unable to sauce the taco due to disability, aging, or illness. That's where we come in, if you'll pardon the phrase. At Bumpin', we've created the world's first accessible sex toy, so people with limited mobility, hand issues, and disabilities can celebrate Palm Sunday just like everyone else. If you agree that everyone deserves sexual pleasure, help us spread the self-love and fund an orgasm for those in need. Give the gift of the big O at getbumpin.com. That's G-E-T-B-U-M-P-N dot com. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark.
Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled, shall we? And get today started, hey? Let's do that right now. First things first, a little scheduling update. I decided that I want to do a themed month for probably probably September, realistically, is when I'm going to do this. And I'm going to pick four movies, and we're going to do a full month of Great Flicks and Joysticks, where we review disability film and television in honor of my friend, Anthony McAuliffe, who just recently passed and had a great show called Crippled Threat. And I just, I love the work that he was doing. And I want to honor that by, by doing a month worth of shows around disability film and disability television. So we're going to do that. And we're going to look at four films that I wanted to do for a while that I haven't done, that I'm finally going to sit down and do. One of them, I promise you, I know I said this like, a year ago, I promise you I will finally do Crip Camp. I'm going to do it, and I cannot wait to review that film. And I'm going to do other ones coming up. So if you have a movie or a TV show around disability you want me to either hate watch or review out of, like, joy for you, let me know at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com, and I'll review it for you, because I'd love to... I'd love to hear what kind of movie you want me to review. So... Get ready for a September full of great flicks and joysticks. Um, and also, I'm taking the month of August off from recording with guests. I have episodes that I'm still going to release, but I'm taking most of August off just to kind of relax myself. So if you want to be to sign up to be on the show, you can sign up for a slot in September. So go to the... In the show notes today, you'll see a link to where you can sign up, and please... Sign up to shine a light on your disability story. Okay, but now let's get to the show today. First things first, before we get to the episode, I want to just give a shout out to the people that keep the bright light shining on this show. And I want to give a shout out to Elliot Ray, who pledged a yearly amount, which is amazing. Thank you for pledging a yearly amount. And for that, Elliot Ray, you get this unfettered, unscripted pun which is, hey, Elliot Ray, you're so cool. Thanks for being cool enough to do the pledging for the show. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for your pledge. If you want to pledge and get the perks that Elliot will get, which will be the show one day early, completely ad-free, and an awkward shout-out for me, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. You can also... Leave us a review of the show. And I just got a review from somebody the other day, and I wanted to read it on the air, so let me read that to you right now. I got a review from somebody who said, it was five stars, thank you. They said, eye-opening, great podcast. And they said, have listened to this podcast since soon after it began. Andrew has grown in confidence and does a great job. He is forthright, compassionate, and wide open. Wow, thank you so much for that honest and really, like, refreshing, nice review. It's always cool to know that people are actually listening and they do pay attention to what I put out there. So thank you, BRC from Baltimore. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you want to leave a review of the show and maybe hear me read it live on the air, you can go to wherever you podcast right now, whether that be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get the show, and leave us a five-star review, and maybe you'll hear it on the air. Who knows? But thank you, BRC. But now, really and truly, now, let's get to the show. On the show today, I sit down with my friend Body by Blunts, also known as Alexandria LaRue, who is a black disabled sex worker in Texas, and we have a crippled copia discussion around disability, blackness, sex work, and so many different things here. It was a really organic, fun conversation, and we had so many laughs. And they are an amazing guest, and we talk so openly about disability, the intersection of disability and blackness, and I felt it was a really important conversation that I'm so excited to share with you, and I'm so excited that they were so honest about their experiences of being a black disabled sex worker in the South, and I can't wait for you to hear it. 
So, without further ado, here's my interview with Alexandria LaRue, or Body by Blunts, right here on Disability After Dark. Alexandria LaRue, hello! Hello, hello Andrew. Such a pleasure to have you on the show, finally. Thank you so much for being here. I am a huge fan of the show, so thank you for having me. I'm so glad. You've been one of the really awesome guests. I say this to just about every guest because with just about every guest, I rescheduled 9,000 times because of disability. So I appreciate you being here today. Um, and it's so nice to sit down with you uh, and for you to be here. Can you introduce yourself to the audience a bit and tell us a bit about who you are, what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Alexandria. I am also known as Body by Blunts. My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. I am an erotic performance artist and sex worker from Dallas, Texas. And I do everything from dance to lip sync to sing. And all of this is with my mobility devices and representing being a disabled person, being a cripple out here in this world. Right. I love that you said cripple because like, because I feel, I feel you. It's hard to be a cripple out there in this world. It really, yeah. it really is. It'd be fucking hard to be a cripple out here. It's like, it is its own experience all by itself. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing I like to ask all my guests is tell me if you don't mind what your disabilities are and how they impact your day-to-day life. Sure. I have IIH, which used to be called pseudotumors, but basically what it does is it changes the pressure, my spinal fluid pressure, and pushes it up into my brain. So it can cause like blindness, um, extreme headaches that just like last for days, that kind of thing. Uh, it makes it very difficult to get around. Like, let's say I'm walking straight. My brain will just say, go that way. And that's where we're going. <laughs> so <laughs> I use a rollator, which if folks don't know what that is, it's a walker with wheels. I use a rollator. Um, I call it Hugo, but that's also the brand. <laughs> Amazing. And I have a cane, but mostly Hugo for the house. Um, unless I'm just doing something for myself i'm just getting around i digress i also have epilepsy and fun. oh yeah super fun <laughs> i love that for you <laughs> right it's the it's all the rage in paris <laughs> it's what all the cool disabled sex workers are doing now yeah they're like hey we heard that you're queer and we wanted to give you a full queer experience that also included epilepsy <laughs> Amazing. So that that little nugget, I got that one. And everyone's favorite, nerve damage. Just extreme nerve damage. Like where my hands and feet feel like they're on fire, nerve damage. Or my hands will just stop working. They'll just say, oh, you wanted to hold something? Not anymore. You're not going to hold anything anymore. That sounds like a cornucopia, a cripplecopia is what it is. It is a the, cripplecopia. It's a cripplecopia of disabilities. Uh, <laughs> and I love it so much for you. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm also, as everybody knows, I'm chronically ill too. So I know the, mm-hmm. the fun grab bag of stuff that like can pop up when you're not ready. Yeah. And just, you know, generalized chronic pain, because if you didn't like the other three things, <laughs> there's something you're really going to like. <laughs> it's so fun, right? So, so you kind of, you kind of laid them out for us kind of as what they are like medically, but how does all of those things impact your day to day? Oh, fuck. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) amazing. I live in the South. I live in Texas and the weather, weather patterns down here are just, they're awful. They're shit. But the real estate here is actually kind of livable. Like you won't necessarily die, die, but you might die, you know? Fun. Okay. (laughs) It's fun. It's like over a hundred degrees in the summer. And then 
it then, wants to be winter for a week and it's just freezing and there's ice everywhere. So, you and know, then you randomly have tornadoes popping up, killing up mm-hmm. the population. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. So the pressure is constantly fucking changing. So I can go to bed or think I'm going to bed, but I'm actually staying up really late because my body pains on me and you can't go to sleep uh, or I'll start the day and I'll try to wake up. Um, but my feet aren't working yet, so I can't walk around yet. So I just got to lay in bed until it's ready to be feet. And then I can go so start my day. <laughs> oh, no. Like, that's such a, oh, there's so much there. Like, like you can't get up when you want to. You can't use your mm-hmm. hands. Like, that kind of makes, like, being a sex worker. Does, that, does all that stuff make being a sex worker? Like, because I know that sex work is both a really accessible Mm-hmm. option for people with disabilities but also really not accessible for people with disabilities all at the same time so does like all of that is that is it hard for you to do to be a sex worker in that way yeah like now in my life I'm only doing online work so it's changed a lot of things so I can do things sort of to my own ability minus like performing performing at an actual venue but that's a whole nother conversation yeah um really it's just the like trying to do things in person became untenable at a particular point because everything started to decline because I had a head injury and I didn't know about the epilepsy yet at that point I was having um problems with my my uterus and I didn't realize how bad that was so there's a lot of things that didn't get medically taken care of because we don't have any type of universal health care here in Texas that I just, you know, I just had I mean, to wait on. That's so, a whole other conversation by itself. Thank mm-hmm. you, America, for being the worst. Being the absolute dead last. The worst. <laughs> the dead last. And not the, not the universal health care. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Not the universal health care is amazing. You know, great. Cause, yeah. Because I find that when you have even though we have universal healthcare, if you're disabled and you have universal healthcare, it may as well be like you don't have universal healthcare because <laughs> they don't give a shit. No. Um. So yeah, tell me more about like, did, were you before all this stuff started? Like before your disability started to show themselves more prominently, were you into sex work or was it was it deciding to work to do sex work because of disability? How did that come about for you? Yeah, because I'm neurodivergent, um, I'm autistic, I have ADHD, and I have OCD. I've had them since I was, or at least diagnosed since I was a teenager, uh, except for the autism that took longer, and I was an adult by the time I was diagnosed properly. Uh, and when I say properly, I just mean so my insurance will give me the things and the resources that yeah, I need. Yeah, so you could like live. Yeah, so I can live. <laughs> but that that was more of the reason my neurodivergence was more of the reason for me to stick with the work because trying to do a regular nine to five, or even when I tried to work retail and was a retail manager even, and could have had my own store at a big box electronics store, I was still just, it was stressing me out so much to have to deal with the every day is different situation and having to do that in a crowded space and it was already making me feel all kinds of you know unnerved to say the very least it just it wasn't I was mm -mm, I was going to end up hospitalized again and it was time to vacate the premises so in 2013 I just made that shift and decided to fucking leave retail and even though I went back one additional time at the end of 2014 um for a brief period that was when I had the head injury. And by that time I was like, okay, well, things are changing and this is what's happening. And a lot of, a lot of stuff changed for me then. I mean, that's a huge shift to go from retail mm-hmm. to sex work. Well, maybe not. Maybe, like, maybe well, I was always doing both. <laughs> Don't oh, get nice. me wrong. I was nice. always doing both. Cause I thought for a minute you like shifted from paper to plastic to like, Oh no, we were always paper. My- amazing good 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 so but like but like still that's to make that your full-time gig is a huge like shift but have you found as a disabled creator like it's afforded you more freedom to be 
to be more disabled as you need to be, to be more like to set your own hours, set your own schedule, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say so now that it's there are more disabled creators that are being shown like spotlights and even though like I am black I am disabled I have dark skin I'm not ambiguous race I'm not I can't pass as Eurocentric or white I'm still in the same kind of position I would theoretically be in if I weren't disabled but I'm more pushed down on the list which is not anybody's fault but society and white supremacy um, but I don't have control over that. So at this point, I'm just really happy that I feel happy in my body, that I'm not doing things to hide my disability, which I was before, but that was mostly for a safety issue. So yeah. I didn't want to encounter someone that would automatically think that they could take advantage or overpower me or something like that. Yeah. You know? can, you, can you talk a little bit more about that? I'd love to understand like what you did to keep yourself safe by hiding your disability. Honestly, I was like true tea. I was over medicating or um, before I would have to see someone or have to go somewhere because I didn't want it to be a situation where I didn't have enough strength because I caught a back spasm for, for some reason, you know, yeah. or my feet decided to stop working. So even though I'm really great about taking my medication uh, for the most part, you know, when I'm supposed to take it, especially that stuff like my nerve medication and that kind of thing. But I had to be ultra diligent about it. It was a hypervigilance that I didn't need on top of the other hypervigilance I already have. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Have you found as a sex worker, especially a black sex worker in the South, like that just screams recipe for douchey humans to be the worst. Like, Mm -hmm. have you found that talking about being a disabled black sex worker in the south do you feel at risk do you feel safe like what can we do to make sure that people in your situation and with all your intersections are safe and doing the work they want to do honestly you're you're using the right word intersectionality like it's so important that we don't especially like as a society fall into like white woman feminism tropes which you know, any type of feminism without intersectionality, that's white supremacy. You know, yeah. that's, that's exactly what that is. And as long as people are not just changing their language, not just using, you know, woke attire and wearing it and trying it on, you know, to look the part, I want them to really think about how do I profit from white supremacy? What, what is my job? And, how prevalent is it that white people are getting those positions and getting paid and how have I monetarily benefited from white supremacy is when we talk about stuff like reparations, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, the, the disadvantage and someone with the advantage is profiting off of it, but not acknowledging they can say they're not racist. They can say black lives matter. They can change their language. They can learn, they can grow, but if they're not acknowledging the baseline thing of where my money comes from, how I get it, how I got my job, what my educational background is, you know, generational wealth, then they're not even addressing that part because that will help. That helps everyone, not yeah. just sex work, black sex workers. And that's what I really want people to do that work, that conversation with themselves. Yeah. And I, that's a hard conversation that for any of us to have with ourselves. And I know because I have it with myself constantly. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're still profiting off racism even though you don't want to be that it's happening to you whether you want it or not it's there and I think mm-hmm. we have to talk about it and so it is a hard conversation to have but I think we need to have it because all the stuff you just said also plays into ableism and the ableism we experience is totally intertwined with racism and mm-hmm. white supremacy and all that stuff it's wild to me that people are just now finding out some of the medical things like medical students think that black femmes and black women have higher pain tolerances than a regular, than the average person. No, they're masking it because they know. That- yeah. That they're not going to treat us with any type of dignity. You yeah. know, I'm, I want to, I don't care that people know it's not a secret how old I am. I'm 33 and it's taken this long in my life in my adult life to have doctors that actually listen to me. Wow. I mean, not surprised at all, but also 
continually saying wow because fuck that's not there <laughs> it's it's terrible because it, i'm not a unique situation it'd be one thing if it was just like just me and it's like damn it sucks to be just me only. Yeah. but it's happening to all yeah. these brown people all these black people because they see brown face or a black face and they're like oh you're drug seeking it's like yeah me and my friends are out here crushing up our gabapentin and going to town it's like no <laughs> that's not what's happening i mean i would be there for that party if ever that oh, party yeah. happens like i want to be there the gabapentin party i'm here for it i'm so here for it yes please yeah i guess it wouldn't be like a a coke apartment it would be like a gabapentin garage party right yeah i mean it'd be a rager it would be a rager i'll bring my i'll bring my anti-ibs pills and we'll just we'll have, have a good so old time <laughs> so much fun yes um tell me a little bit more about just the experience other than like the well we can talk about that too but but on top of the med- the medicalization of or the lack of medicalization of black disabled bodies what does it feel like for you to be a black disabled person like i know there's so much of a conversation there that we're not having so i just want to hear from Mm -hmm. you what that's like honestly uh because i follow you pretty closely there's not too many like disabled bloggers that you know will actually talk about disabled things right (laughs) you know (laughs) and what you're saying about romance just rings so true like when I had different uh, capabilities, when I wasn't crippled, like, and I was walking around and doing shit on my own, things like romance were easy to have. Relationships were easier to have. They just were. And I have the privilege in my life that I have people who've known me pre and post as far as my abilities changing, but it, it just fucks with how relationships are because there's this part of the person who's with you that they want to do things for you, but you don't want your relationship to be that because you already have doctors and other people who are doing that for you. And if it's something like, I don't know, like finishing a chore, it might take me a week. I don't fucking care if it takes me a goddamn week to do it. I'm doing it. It doesn't need to be done right now. Like I live by myself in a handicap accessible apartment, but I live by myself and I want to do shit in my own time. Like that has been the greatest part about getting some of my independence back, which like living alone is having a space where I can just take my time to do a thing that I want. Yeah. But that also means that if I want to date, that that's not something that I want them to think that that's their job to do because that isn't but you wouldn't believe how many people, I'm sure you would, they are upset by that or they get offended and they're like, I want to do this thing for you. And it's like, I get it. You want to do something for me, but this isn't the thing that's going to, this isn't my love language just because it's something I need. Yeah. And it's so hard because like, I don't go on dates anymore. I hire sex workers and I have a fucking great old time and I pay them the money and I say, thank you, get out, bye. And then (laughs) then we see each other the next time. Like, and, but I think, you know, if I had somebody who wanted to do something for me all the time, it would both be simultaneously really sweet, but also like, go fuck yourself. I <laughs> don't want you to do this all the time. Like, I've had friends stay over who I'm mm-hmm. fucking and who we mess around with. And like, I I will say to them, no, 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 my staff will come. My staff will take care of it. You don't have to. If you mm-hmm. want to. That's a whole other conversation, but don't feel like you have to take care of me because you mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to unpack the thing that they need to unpack, which is, do you want to do this? Or do you feel like you need to do this because you know, it will take me longer. Yeah. Like, because you live by yourself, I'm sure you don't care if it takes you four weeks to do the dishes. Nope. But you know, <laughs> if you were with a partner, they'd be like, why isn't it done yesterday? And you're like, because I hate my hands don't work, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed yesterday. What do you, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you really looking for here? Um, but tell me, like, just aside from like dating and stuff, what is the experience of being like black and disabled and neurodivergent like for you, especially in the South? Like, Ugh, people are, I mean, the South, it's 
some people they're like oh it's fine it's racism looks different in different places i'm like y'all are so full of shit that's the whitest thing i've ever heard who like, the fuck who, who says that who says people that? Oh, in america no. people in oh, the united no. states yes they really do they're like it looks different in alabama than it does in california i'm like it looks the same in Alabama as it does in California if you think people aren't get, yeah and I'm like do you think they don't lynch people in California because a lot of people that's like racism to them and everything else is not racism they're oh, like I'm no. not a racist I would never burn a, a lowercase t in your yard and I'm like okay but like cross burning isn't like exclusive to Alabama yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or exclusive to the big racist it's like no 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 <laughs> yeah like, you, like racism looks exactly the same and all i've been all of it looks the same it feels the same it looks the same like i don't care it looks the damn same what because, is what is ableism look like for oh, you people stare and they don't know how to like let's say i have my rollator right Um, I'm coming through the restaurant or whatever, or I'm walking through a space, lots of people around, you know, and I drop something like my phone. Yep. Oh my God. 30 people walk by me looking at me and the phone and then me having to like figure out how I'm going to get said phone and, you know, sit down in the rollator and then turn it around and then try to grab it without fucking myself <laughs> and people just see you like falling over and you're just like hey i'm here yep because they like, also assume because i'm young they're like wow you have a blush on your cheek you put on makeup yeah you're not disabled <laughs> oh no that's just no like does the ableism that you experience like that that kind of everyday ableism does that translate into your online work as a sex worker i feel like online now the audience that's that's here is here and i'll say it all the time i block people i don't block blessings and i will block somebody in a minute i don't care i do not care like i'm twitter full force not mute block i want you to know that you're disrespectful (laughs) i don't even go on twitter anymore i make my comment on twitter and i Mm -hmm. put it on instagram and i don't even look at twitter anymore I make the tweet and I put it right on Instagram. I'm like, there, Instagram will love me. Twitter is a hellscape. Oh, yeah. Twitter is a hellscape. I I don't love it. I hate it. Yeah. I prefer Instagram, even though they've already zucked me once. (laughs) Oh, no. You got zucked? They let me have my main Instagram, but I had like an art Instagram where I'd upload the art I was making. They took took that one away. (laughs) That's weird. Weird. (laughs) I don't understand this system. It's so odd. Oh. It's the weirdest. Um, but tell me more about like, so, cause when you, when you said you're doing online sex work and now I know you have a rollator. So I'm picturing you like getting down on your rollator on a camera. How, how do you, how do you create content being black, disabled and neurodivergent? I really, I used to create based on what the market share was looking like for like what people wanted to see from me. But now um, I'm in a position where I have a job that gives me benefits and helps me pay for my expenses. So I'm taking more risks with my art. So I'm doing, I've done a couple little like music videos and yeah, I don't disclude my mobility devices. If I need them, they're going to be there and chances are I do. So they're going to be there. You know, the more strenuous the thing I'm doing, whether it's cooking or brushing my teeth, you know, something is going to be there. So I make sure to not hide it. I make sure if I'm able to do description, image descriptions that I do. Can we talk about that for like five minutes, please? I get, I want to have a whole discussion. I love oh, you, yes. I love what you said there about being able to do mm-hmm. image descriptions. And yeah. I hope y'all, I hope y'all hear me right now as you're listening. This podcast is not transcribed. Not because I don't want to, but because I'm not able to. Folks. Yeah. It's not a like a simple people think they're like, oh well, aren't you disabled? Don't you want other disabled? And I'm like, oh my God, of course I do. And I'm like, but you don't know how expensive that is. You are isn't it the most expensive to do? T- I I have I cannot even tell you how expensive to just do one transcription. Cause I did it once and I was like, why did I spend almost a hundred dollars on that? 
Oh my God. Like, there's a, there's a couple plugins, but you have to be using like there's Trent and that one will auto transcribe and you just go in and edit it and it'll make yeah. you a file. But, but the editing you have to takes subscribe. hours. Yeah. And you have, it takes hours and you have to subscribe to Trent. So it's not free. So what we're saying is, listeners, and I know some of you are going to come up my comments and be like, well, why didn't you transcribe? What we're saying is, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and give me money so I can pay for it. Yeah. This shit is not cheap. Like, if they want you to do it so, so bad, one, they should either volunteer to do it for you for free, or two, they can pay you. Or... Three, pay for me to have a subscription to whatever you want me to use. And then I'll do it. No problem. <laughs> that was a weird tangent, but I just wanted to, because I don't think people understand Mm-mm. how much energy it takes to do that stuff. Mm-mm, they don't. And it's like, have they tried to do an image description with just voice to text? It's impossible. I yeah. tried it. It's really hard. It's very difficult because you have to go in and end up editing it anyway. So it's like, well, ah. what's the point? Yeah, I make a small caption on my Instagram thing, and then I have an app that li- that just copies and pastes hashtags. So I just have to tap it once, and then tap it again, and then tap the paste button, and then I'm done. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it, oof. It's a, it's a, it's that's the whole conversation by itself, and mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of well-meaning disabled folks that have been like, "You're not accessible. How dare you not do this." And me be like, what? I, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm trying to make a living here. What do you want me to do? Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about, though, Alexandria, is you said in your questionnaire that you're trans and non-binary. Mm-hmm. And what does all of that mean for you and for, like, sex work, disability, porn, well, mostly, uh, I lovingly describe myself sometimes as um, tropical storms or <laughs> weather, weather events, not for any particular <laughs> negative version of, like reason, but <laughs> just because they're so ambiguous that it can't be gendered, you know, except by name. It's weird that they name hurricanes after women. It's really just, anyway, I digress. Uh, but I also don't subscribe to any particular gender. My gender performance, as far as like what people see is sometimes it's some version of femme. It's not always high femme. That's like, I'm an all or nothing kind of motherfucker. And I'm either wearing a bunch of makeup or I'm not wearing any at all. And that's, (laughs) there's no in between. And I've gotten, I don't know, I'm at peace with my body hair. I'm at peace with how I do the hair on my head, with makeup, with skincare, with my clothing. I feel way more comfortable in myself to make clothing choices and not think about, well, am I going to be attractive to cis men in this clothing? You know, they're no longer a consideration for my own, um, my own thought process because a lot of it a lot of what I was doing or not wanting to have conversations with myself about, especially being um, non-binary and especially about being queer where, you know, cis men and even cis women were clouding a lot of that with their own judgment societally, how they think I should look, especially like being black and having body hair and how that's usually seen as always negative when on white people it's seen as like courageous and cool like cool and sexy yeah yeah feminist and whatever but if I do it I'm like ew it's it's gross or like does it smell or like uh, so weird you're like of course it does it's a body thank you yeah I'm like I have pores so yes I hope it does because it means I'm living thank you thank you yeah (laughs) um what does the what does the Two questions I had because I was listening to you talk and I was like, yes. So question one is, I use they, them, and he, him pronouns for myself, but I've connected my they, them-ness to like my disability a little bit because they-ness allows for me to not be, to not have to conform to any ableist idea of what queerness is supposed to look like or the disabled body is supposed to look like or any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. does your pronoun use of they, them, theirs, is it connected to your disability at all? I would say that I don't, I don't think that it isn't. I think that it is somewhere in there. 
because I didn't come out until after things started to escalate. And that was a conversation I didn't really, I wasn't really having with myself because a lot of gender things, especially if you've been um, socialized as a girl or socialized as a woman with disability, it makes you feel like you're a disgusting creature. You know, it yeah. makes you feel like you're gross if you can't shower every single day. If you well, can't. then they wouldn't like me right now because as we're recording today, I'm on day three of a day eight, no shower forced can't shower in my house because covid so i feel you there but yeah yeah i've gone weeks especially when i was uh recovering from my hysterectomy i couldn't shower because i would have a seizure and literally pass out so i was going a month at a time without showering but like society especially yeah right (laughs) (laughs) society wants us to all be this well, if you are a woman, then you're clean, you know? And I'm like, am I a woman? Is that what women are? Is woman just clean? For men and, to consume, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then especially when I was having, I, I guarantee this has to be why in my early 20s, all the problems I was having with my uterus and not dealing with it because I thought I had to have one or holding out hope because they're like, well, don't get rid of it now. What if you want to have a baby? But then finding out later that a baby could have never happened in there, ever. I had endometriosis and endometriosis. What is, for those who don't know and I don't know, what is... It's like extra cells grow inside of it is endo, and ando is when it does the same thing, but on the outside. Most people usually have endometriosis. Most people don't have both, and I had both. You really are just a bag of... I swear. Like... (laughs) Just a fun bag of triple cornucopia. Like, wow. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, my, my, my veinness is a new thing that I've been exploring and seeing mm-hmm. where I fit. And I, for me, I just feel like being, being forced to be this hyper masculine, super aggressive, like mm-hmm. muscular aggro bro. My body's never going to do that. My disabled body will never be that person. So I was like, well, obviously, you know, and similarly to what you're saying about how when you're socialized as a woman, I think when you're socialized as a disabled person, period, when you can't clean yourself or do something independently, you do feel gross. So for mm-hmm. me, my thingness was like, I need to, I need to um, do something different and I need to remove myself from the expectation that I have to be this thing. And mm-hmm. I'm going to let my disability guide me in moving away from that. Yeah. And that's like, it's a, it's a hard thing to have to like deal with and like deal with our own ableism about things like quote unquote hygiene and how we approach it and like what that looks like for every person. And that the fact that it just could be different for every person, like, that, that part. Yeah. It's really hard. And like, like, you know, brushing my teeth is hard. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's once a day, sometimes it's twice a day. Sometimes it's four times a day if I'm able to. But if I'm not able to, I'm not going to worry about it. Mm-mm. I'm not like, going to stress myself out over it. So how does all that stuff, like, impact your ability to make a living as a sex worker? Like, Because, you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. all the stuff we're saying about being clean and being a certain way, when we when we think about sex, unfortunately, we often think about, like, the person I'm having sex with has to be clean, has to be this. How does like your disability impact your ability to to do sex work and do porn and all that stuff while mm-hmm. also honoring what you can't do all the time? Honestly, it's working with individuals as opposed to, as opposed to working with uh, like studios. That's never going to happen for me, and not because I'm like I won't dream, but it's not going to because that's just not the way they function. They're yeah. already so backwards in the way like that they handle just meta tags and search terms as far as race is even concerned they haven't even figured that part out yet so they're absolutely not accommodating to anyone who has a disability for example I went to the AVNs and my ticket was paid for by a group I won't say who they are amazing though thank you group (laughs) 
was paid for by a group and they knew what I was coming with. I even let them know ahead of time, like, Hey, I have a rollator. This is what it looks like. Here's a link to the, you know, gave them all the information. Yeah. I show up for my shift at the booth. There is no accessible entrance. No. So literally I had to, I'm actually six one. I had to uh, get myself, like basically roll myself and scoot myself up onto the stage and somebody else brought my rollator up and then I was stuck up there until somebody, until I wanted to leave. And then when I wanted to leave, I had to let somebody know so they could bring me down. Oh no, come on, AVN, do better, way better. This group, this group at the AVNs, it's a vendor group and they're supposed to be like, you know, inclusive and look at us and we're doing a thing and da 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 da. And it's like, okay, cool, but like you're not actually doing that thing because no, there's just... the front pages of their websites are still like cis white people who are non disabled. Like there aren't people who have visible disabilities and not that invisible ones aren't invalid. It's hello, there's a privilege shift. Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, porn companies that's why i started doing it that's why mm-hmm. i did a porn a couple of years ago you know and if if the panini hadn't hit right after i did my first one i'd be doing <laughs> a lot more but you know that's part of why i do what i do um speaking of porn what kind of porn do you want to make and see as a disabled creator honestly for myself i really want something where i can be authentically me so more scene work with someone who wants to lovingly have sex with me and not like a it's just being as tall as I am and like I am a brawny looking bitch like I'm (laughs) I just (laughs) am and I'm expected to have this like strong persona be dominant and whatnot. And though I guess that might make me money, I would feel very just in, uh, just disingenuous doing it. And also it sounds like there's a lot of racism in there too. Like yeah. the idea that because you're a black, a black presenting as a woman, but that's the way that the, the porn group, the porn has to see you as like a strong black mm-hmm. woman, which just from like talking to you, I know that's not true. So I'm mm-hmm. sure like that's really hard for you to mm-hmm. have to put yourself in a box in those places. Be like, no, I'm actually they them theirs. I'm not this like cookie cutter idea of what you think a black female porn star is. I'm not that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so I imagine that's stressful. Yeah, it is because a lot of porn is very ABC formulaic. So yeah. you know, if there is a femme body in there, that femme body, it's their job to suck that dick. It's their job to ride that dick. It's their job to get that cum on their face. And that's pretty much a, like a lot of mainstream <laughs> porn. That's like, yep. like if I had to shoot it down to the smallest factor, like that, that's pretty much it. There might be that's it. a sprinkle of like, ooh, cunnilingus is happening. Ooh, good for, but not for very long. And it, it doesn't look like whoever's performing this cunnilingus actually wants to do yeah. it in a way that's pleasurable like and it, it seems like they like... want to do it but not in a way that would I'm like have they seen a clip before have <laughs> they ever <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um um you know and i you know to, to take that to gay game empire which is what i consume like the same thing of like okay you make it a little bit you like take off your shirts and we all see you're ripped and white cool cool one of you blows the other one for a second. You make some weird, like, aggro, manly moaning. And then one of you sucks a dick for a second. And then one of you gets fucked. And that's the end. Like, it's so boring. It's, so... <laughs> it's like they, who, I want to know who started the rumor that in any type of queer sex, that only one person is getting penetrated and the other one is not. I know. Like, who who said that? I also want to know. Who but said like, that? you know, I'd love to see porn with you and your rollator there. Like, I'd love to see that. That would be something I think it would be so transformative to see, like, wheelchair users, rollator mm-hmm. users, people with guide dogs. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not, let me be clear. I'm saying they have guide dogs that are in the room that are not, they are not participating, just being <laughs> clear. But, you know, all types of different disabilities 
in porn would mm-hmm. be so groundbreaking for studios it and would. independent creators to show. There are some studios that do it, but like, especially with the pandemic, you know, everything has slowed down. But I, even when I search for disabled creators on other websites, it's, uh, you're yeah. going to hate, you're going to hate this, but it's people um, who are faking amputation. Oh. They've like taped up their leg or their arm. And they've been like, hey, I broke yeah. my arm. Want to love me? And then so they, yeah. 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 It's pretty gross. Pretty yeah. Gross. It's, it's the grossest. The worst. So, <laughs> so like, I'm glad we turned that into a song. What kind <laughs> of, uh, other than like, other than like uh, being gently made love to, what mm-hmm. kind of, how do you want to, how would you incorporate your disabilities into the porn you make? Definitely. I think there needs to be more lead in with more porn. It's like, how did you get to that bed? Show me. Yes. <laughs> Show me how you got there. <laughs> it's a lot of the, I call it quick service porn where it's, you know, some people just, they bust out, bust out a bunch of scenes because they're, you know, it's non-disabled, physically disabled creators and they're able yeah. to do that or they can, you know, post five scenes in a week. But uh, for me, when I'm making something, I don't give a shit. I will spend an hour filming something to upload something that's 15 minutes so I can have two 15-minute clips, but it might take me a month to edit everything and make it look perfect. And I'd, yeah, exactly. rather, I'd rather do that because, one, it's closer to what I can actually do in my own ability. I can edit from the bed, but it's a lot closer to authenticity that I want which is to like make a finished product that I don't know that I'm proud to show other people be like that's my butthole look look (laughs) (laughs) y'all so funny but no I think like I agree with you when I did my porn I showed them getting from my chair to the bed and back to my chair like I showed all that that's what was important for me um Mm -hmm. I also think like showing your role later and you know we talked earlier about Sometimes how you can't get out of bed. Why couldn't we start a porn like that where you couldn't get out of bed, but the person's like, cool, before, since you can't get out of bed and we're waiting for your feet to work, let me eat you out for a minute. Like, yeah. We where should, is we that? Should, <laughs> like, where is the, my feet don't work, but I want I still want to get laid. Porn. Yeah. We need that <laughs> shit. That's the kind of what we need right now. Yeah, because it's real life, because people don't expect us to be sexual creatures. Honestly, they're like, oh, there's nothing sexy going on there. Why do you need to buy lingerie? Who are you going to show it to? And I'm like, what if it was just for me, fucker? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you don't know the, the people that, I, that follow me on camera. You don't know who I'm doing it for. Leave me alone. It's like, you don't know what I'm doing in real life. That's the, uh, the part that they really can't believe. They're like, wait, so you fuck in real life? And I'm like, yeah, in real life, people want to fuck me, believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not. Well, I do believe it. Um, what, Another question. So in your questionnaire, you said that you go by disabled person or crippled body. And I <laughs> I would love to know what the term crippled means for you. Because I know for everybody it means different things. And I want to ask you, like, what does crippled mean for you? Honestly, like crippled with a lot of other like reclaimative words. It's something that I could have for myself. But also, I want people to stop being fucking afraid to refer to us as the shit that we ask them to refer to us as. Yep, that's right. They're scared of it. We're not scared of it. They're scared of it. They want to say differently able. They want to say handicap. And it's like, I'm not saying if somebody asks you to use that, don't use it. But I'm saying this is how I refer to myself. And if I say disabled, I'm mirroring language for you to also use. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a big clue of this is what you should call me. But like, mm-hmm. what is, but <laughs> I know what cripple means, but what is it? What, what is a cripple body? Like, tell me, give me what that is. Uh, oh, disbody. <laughs> <laughs> but really, Amazing. it means like the body that I have and the ability that I have in my body. Like, it's never anything negative to me. And though sometimes I get frustrated with my body, um, I usually don't even refer to it as anything that's actually a real thing. It's usually some type of metaphoric or um, comparative thing, like a bag full of glass, like a trash bag full filled with glass. And sometimes 
it do be like that. Sometimes it does feel like my body is a trash bag full of glass. That feels like the antithesis of that Katy Perry song that's like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And you could be like, yes, but I feel like a plastic bag full of glass. Glass. <laughs> I feel like you should make a music video about that. I would be there. If you need an idea for a music video, I highly suggest that be your next one. Oh, I love it. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag that's full, full of, of glass? glass? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it so hard. Um, as a black disabled sex worker in America, in like the scariest state in America, to be frank, um, <laughs> how does how do the how do other like racialized community members read you? How do they are they accepting of all this, or is there like because I know from other black disabled people that I've spoken to, there's a lot of like finding ways to strategically not talk about your disability. How has that been for you? Yeah, it's it is like that in some spaces, but I've also made it made it very known that I don't I really won't put up with that shit. I am not gonna make them feel comfortable because they're not ready to deal with things that they should have already dealt with before talking to me, honestly. Uh and that's that's a lot of it. I also have the privilege to live in a a town that's a little bit north of Dallas and it's a big uh a lot of younger people live in that town it's a really decent queer community and because of that it's trickled into a lot of like if you walked into a bar you came into a bar there and somebody you know said something to you or they're like oh hey faggot or whatever but not in a loving way (laughs) i wish somebody would call me a faggot in a loving way what they don't no one ever has and it's something i love so much (laughs) oh oh faggot Thank you. It you feel real- seen. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, though. It's it's because you know I also feel like a lot of gay men use that for each other, and so when mm-hmm. no one was using it around me, I was like, "Why? I'm Am one I- of you. It's me. <laughs> Please." But truly, like people here, they t- they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" You know, get ran out of a bar because they disrespected somebody because a lot of the queer community are business owners here. And that's, yeah, that changes a lot of things like queer businesses. We've got our first witch shop. So everyone, you know, we're, we're cool now. We have a metaphysical shop. (laughs) I mean, I'm here for it. I want to go to a witch shop. I'm here for it. Oh, you should. Everything. If ever the pandemic lets us fly again, I'll, I was supposed to go to Dallas a couple of years ago, and then it never panned out. But if I ever do, yes, like let's connect because it'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I want to ask you about? Yeah, I mean, I didn't write any questions. Now we're just gonna have a chat. Was there anything, anything that I missed that you're like, mm-hmm. you got to talk about this? No. Cool. Um, I'm just looking over. Is there anything that I wanted to say before? Because the worst part is we're gonna hang up, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I wanted to ask that. Oh, yeah, this question. So you live <laughs> in South Texas. Mm-hmm. What does accessibility there look like for you? Ooh, so <laughs> a lot of the bars, especially downtown, and I'm not a big go-out person. I'm very introverted. But when I had to perform or the occasional someone has dragged me out of the house, most of the bars were not accessible. Or if it was accessible to get into them, if I wanted to use the restroom or anything like that it, the doors usually weren't wide enough to accommodate a rollator so definitely not a wheelchair either and uh, sometimes that is my ability where yes I I would rather sit than stand or rather sit than walk and use a wheelchair as opposed to but that wouldn't even have been an option there either uh, when I go to venues for performing there's I think two venues in town that are actually accessible one of them is a great venue run by some really awesome people. The other one is run by some racists. And so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm never performing there. I don't, I, it's not that I can't believe that these people who own that venue can't change and grow and become better people. I'm not going to be here for it though. That's their journey to take, not mine. Yeah, of course. But that's in a city of literally millions of people. Th- those are what my options look like. That's wow. That's pretty bad. That there's yeah. like 
two spots. Mm-hmm. And one of them is run by racist. That's- oh, yeah. Oh, there's another one, but it's run by this fucking douchebag. So I can't have that one either because he's so, a fucking predator. They're- <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> so there's basically one. So no wonder you went to online stuff because there's one spot basically that's accessible for you. Yeah. And that's if somebody is booking out of it. And there's, I got booked for something in February, which is going to be awesome. It's called What the Femme Fest. Amazing. Um, I'm from the it. podcast, What the Femme. And it's going to be pretty awesome. But that's, you know, as long as the pandemic, uh, when I say pandemic, I mean the people in Texas literally start isolating and stop. Like, it's very, we need to have flatten the curve behavior and people aren't having flatten the curve oh, behavior. Oh, we, we are, unfortunately, flatten the curve was a 2020 conversation. Now it's 2022, which is like, oh, what pandemic? What are you talking about? Just do you. They literally said it would take at least three years. And everyone's like, no, it's not. Like, we're not going to be doing that since 2022. Yes, it's like, we, we are. are. We are. We're nowhere near being done either. No, we have like, at least another year and a half of this at minimum. Oh, I can't. My brain can't. I can't either. But like, I think oh, about no. it, I'm like, well, I'll just keep putting nice things in my home so my I'll home just, can. Yeah, so my home can also become everywhere I stay and I never go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically um, that. Like, fuck. Um, what advice would you have for other marginalized sex workers and porn performers? with disabilities who who want to do this what would you tell them uh definitely tell them to go at their own pace and what makes sense for them and if they have the ability to have any type of creative or artistic choice because i know that some people do work for survival if you have the option use it you utilize it completely do the things that you want to do and don't be afraid if you have if you have the option to be be as bold as you can be and if you aren't a disabled creator and you see disabled creators retweet them send them send followers their way you know send money to them when you've had an extraordinarily good day you know support them because it's really hard to be a disabled creator honestly on any platform but especially a platform where you're taking off your clothes which for some of us could take hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like that's an event. Yeah, that's a whole process. Like, I'm sure that when you when you plan to record stuff, like you taking over your shirt, you've it took you two hours to get it off, and by the time you hit record, you're like, okay, I'm finally ready. Yes. <laughs> like, but oh. and also, if you are not a disabled creator, yeah, support us, pay us, um, book us. Mm-hmm. and just don't be mean to us just we're trying the reason why we're in this line of work whether it's sex work or just content creation we also want to thrive and survive so if you could just help us that'd be great mm-hmm. those are my thoughts on that is there any do you have any like wonderful parting words to say about anything um i want to just shout out to everybody out there who's living their most authentic lives. And if you can't yet, don't worry. I still love you too. Shout out to you too. Amazing. Uh, Alexandria LaRue, how do the people get a hold of you? How can they follow you, support you, connect with you, pay you for stuff? They can find me on Instagram at body by blunts. That's body B Y blunts. They can also find me in the same name on Twitter. If they want to see a Twitter where it features my naked body, that's body X, like the letter X blunts. And those are both linked together. So if you find one, you'll definitely find the other one. If you'd like to pay me and send me a monies, uh, Venmo body by B Y blunts. I will put something in the show notes that won't get flagged because I'm sure the podcast people will be like, why are you putting money things in there? So I'll, I'll put something where they can connect with you. But if you're listening to this, go pay Alexandria. Go do it, do it, do it. But this was so fun to sit down with you today. And such, and so it was a long time coming. We had such a good chat. Yes, it was so good chatting with you. Seriously, I had a great time. It was such a good time. Um, and I, if I, if ever I get down close to Dallas, I want to go to that wood shop. I'm here for it. Uh, yes, I will definitely take you. That's a bet. 
Fantastic. It's on. Well, you'll go in your role later. And I'll go in my wheelchair. It'll probably take six hours to get there, but we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark, and we'll chat soon. Yes, let's chat soon. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark in the books. Thank you so much for making this episode comfy, cozy, and crippled, and I hope you enjoyed sitting down with your favorite disabled person on the internet and talking all things disability. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my website, andrewgerza.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza1. If you want to be on the show, you can, of course, email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com with your disability story. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to support Disability After Dark, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more, or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget. We at Disability After Dark, me, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting this show and Crippled Co. and all the things we do. And tune in next week when we shine a light on another disability story right here on Disability After Dark. Bye, friends! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022